Bowerly. No, that's not Tom Bowerly. I always wanted to do that. <laughs> uh, Dick Bowerly in for my brother Tom. Uh, we're talking some holiday stuff today. Um you know, essentially want to get your opinion on Black Friday, of course, is almost over. Did you participate? Did you go last night? Did you wait out into the cold for stores to open? Uh, are you shopping today? How's it going? Did you get what you want? Is there something on your list that you really got to have this year? And you can divulge that without spoiling it for whomever you are going to give it to. Uh, also talking a little bit about uh, if you're... Thoughts on the Bills making the Super Bowl have diminished. Have they dimmed a little bit based on all the injuries and what we have seen the last uh, couple of weeks? Yes, I know they won yesterday, but it was uh, it was a fight. It was a real battle. Uh, you know, the Lions gave the Bills everything they could handle. And uh, by the way, I saw Mike Shope in the hallway, Josh, and I did note I did. Uh, um, I did nominate Dane Jackson for the uh, AFC Defensive Player of the Week, just so you know. Boy, that's nasty. That is <laughs> that is very, very nasty. Uh, anyhow, we're also talking about uh, Christmas music, you know, and maybe this last hour. What is your most favorite Christmas song of all time? This is your chance to participate like you're like a judge on American Idol or The Voice. This is your chance. What is your most favorite holiday song slash Christmas song? And I don't care if it's secular or non-secular. What is the song that like this special time of year when you really only get to hear the song this time of year, what is it? What song is the one that like resonates with you, that you hear it, it makes you feel like really, really good inside, and you for you captures the essence of the holiday season? You know, I will share. Oh, go ahead. Oh, Josh, you going to vote? Oh, I was I was going to wait for you, but uh, I, I got a couple for you. Um, White Christmas and I'll Be Home for Christmas, both by Bing Crosby. Ah, so you, as a young fellow, you are... A traditionalist such as myself. I, I will say there's some new versions of songs that I like. There's also a few original new songs that I like. Um, there's this one country artist, Cody Johnson. Um, he's kind of like Texas country. He came out with a Christmas album, I think, last year. And there's some remakes on it, which he did a really good job on, one of them being I'll Be Home for Christmas. And he also has some of his own originals on there, too, which I think are great. And it's just it's got that like nice southern twang on it, but it's also got like the Christmassy feel. Um, but those those two, White Christmas and I'll Be Home for Christmas, those are just top of the list for me because I love White Christmas, the movie. Um, the original with uh, Bing Crosby, and I think it's Danny Kaye. Probably, think, yeah. Yeah, and then and then the uh, Holiday Inn movie, which was kind of like the prequel to White, Quis White, White Christmas, even though it wasn't a prequel. Like, <laughs> it just kind of happened to be like the same sort of story. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, let me let me tell you this, okay? I have spent three hours now bashing new versions of old holiday songs, right? I mean, the record can't lie. Right, yep. You've got it recorded. You could blackmail me from now on. <laughs> But let let me just let me just say this that that I don't hate all of the new versions of old standard Christmas songs. Okay, so I will give you I will cite two examples of songs that I think are really quite good that that don't bother me. And you'll appreciate. You're obviously a country type kid, right? Or you kind of like country music too? Oh a yeah, hundred percent. Okay. I actually like 
uh, Dolly Parton's version of Sleigh Ride. Okay, that's good. But I'll tell you, a great version of a song, and it's one of my favorite songs, and I normally would not like any remake of it. Don't laugh. Carrie Underwood's version of "Do You Hear What I Hear." Okay, is, yeah, it's yeah, really, that's a really good. She she has a great voice. I mean, sometimes it gets a bit much for me, but that song's a good one for her because she can really belt out some of those notes, and it it comes across very nicely. It it does, and and I think that my problem with the redos, okay. In general, and I'm generalizing, which I know you're not supposed to do, but I am anyways, because I am a music guy, and I will I will stick to my guns on that. You can argue politics with me. You can say I'm wrong here, wrong there, but don't argue music with me because I'll kick your butt. Okay, anyhow, having said all that, um, <laughs> where I lost my train of thought as I was patting myself on the back, my arm is broken now from, you know, from, from doing that. But what I don't like about a lot of the modern redos as some of our callers even pointed out, is they don't sound sincere. They sound token. Like, you know, Joe Record Company executive says to Joe Artist, we need a Christmas song. Record it. And the artist probably doesn't even want to do it. And I think it comes across that way. Now, in contrast, when I heard Carrie Underwood's version of Do You Hear What I Hear, I didn't get that sense. I mean, maybe she didn't want to do it, but if she didn't want to do it, she sure fooled me because I thought she poured so much emotion into that version. I, I mean, I thought it was—I thought it was brilliant. So I'm not above giving props to the ones that are good. The problem is there are only so few that reach the level that Terry, that Carrie Underwood did in her version. What do you think about guys like Michael Bublé? Just Christmas music. I, I don't really know any of his other music. I only know him because of Christmas music. But he, to me, I think he has a very traditional voice. He doesn't usually put a modern spin on songs. When he does them, it sounds like he recorded them back. Well, it doesn't sound like he recorded them, but it sounds like he was one of the guys from back in like the 50s and 40s and 60s. like A crooner. What's that? Uh, what they used to call a crooner. What is what is that? Well, a is crooner, that just like the term of like that type of singer back yeah, then? Yeah, yeah, that type okay. of singer. So you, you, uh, back in the, like the late fifties, you know, crooners would be people like uh, Pat Boone. Maybe Paul Anka would be considered to be uh, to, to be a crooner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, solo artists that did that. Bing Crosby, uh, Perry Como, th- those were all uh, singers that would have been labeled a crooner. Okay, and that's kind of what Michael Bublé is to me. He's kind of a a modern version of that style. Yeah, because he did a he did a remake of uh, "Baby It's Cold Outside" with I don't know who I don't know who the female singer was with him, but he did that, and that was that was really good. It sounded it, it didn't sound like Dean Martin, but it it gave like the same effect. Well, if I had to guess, because Bublé. Is cooked into he's hooked into the David Foster camp. David Foster is married to that Catherine McPhee from American Idol fame. So if Bublé did a duet with the female singer, if it wasn't Celine Dion, and that would be pretty obvious if it was, I would guess it would be it would be uh, McPhee. That's who I think it would be. 803-0930 is we are kind of having some serious fun talking about uh, Christmas music and the like and uh, going off on a few tangents here and there, which is what talk show hosts are supposed to do, right? We're supposed to go off on tangents. I will now go to Nicole on WBEN. And, Nicole, you are not a tangent. Hello, 
Dick, and happy Thanksgiving and happy holidays. Same to you. Um, my husband and I are actually out and about shopping right now. We're headed to the outlet mall, and um, I'm sure we'll probably run into some of our friends from the north. Um, <laughs> but I also, I, well, I wanted to say I had a call because when you mentioned Carrie Underwood's version of Do You Hear What I Hear, it's beautiful, but I am sorry. Whitney Houston's version is way above that. Like, that is the best version. So make sure, you, if you haven't, give that one a listen. Well, we're going to play and, that. Uh, I'm going to have um, Josh dig that up, the original version of that. Well, it's Whitney Houston's, and it's just, it's the key changes and the modulation of the music. It's, it's incredible, and it's just, I get chills every time I hear it. Well, we're going to play what a little other? bit. We're going to play a little bit of it for you uh, when, when you oh, hang up, yeah. okay? Oh, okay. I just wanted to say, too, one of my other favorites is Sandy Beach always talks about it. It's um, Vince Vance and the Valiant. All I want for Christmas is you. It's a bluesy, soulful, very just, you know, different kind of Christmas song. It's not the same one that Mar- Mariah Carey did, is it? Oh, no. That's why, in fact, I couldn't remember the title. And I thought it was called All I Want for Christmas is You. And I looked that up, and, of course, Mariah's version came up. So I had to Google part of the lyrics, and then it pulled up the song that I wanted. It's um, Vince, Vance, and the Valiant. Oh, wow. You're... And you might like it. Being a musician, you probably like it. It's not your standard Christmas carol. Well, I'm going to check. I'm going to have to check it out. Well, you listen. You drive careful. Say hello to any of the friends from the north, and I'm going to have Josh play a snippet for our listeners of the version of "Do You Hear What I Hear" uh, that you that you like. And this is the original version, or at least the original version that's most well known. So uh, let's check it out for a couple seconds here and see what we got. Said the night. Wind to the little land Do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little land Do you see what I see? A star, a star Dancing in the night With a tail as big as a kite With a tail that's for Nicole, who said, you know what, I, I'm i not going to disagree with her. I mean, that that's Bing, Bing Crosby. And by the way, uh, we were just talking a short time ago about Michael Buble and crooner. That is the perfect example of a singer, Bing Crosby, who was a crooner. Perfect example. And boy, that is a, that's a, that really is a, I, I got, I must confess, I mean, as much as I like Carrie Underwood's version, you know, from a modern spin, I must say that hearing a little bit of that kind of gave me goosebumps. So uh, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not that much get off my lawn and don't steal my Christmas tree kind of guy. <laughs> only a, only a little only a little bit today. 803-0930 is the number. Appreciate your call. Special thanks to Josh Schmidt doing a fantastic job producing uh, today's show. We're having a riot. Josh is still in a good mood, even though the USA and England tied. You know, what are you going to do? They, they tied during the War of 1812, too. So, you know, some things never change, right? Although they did just win. To remember, England, uh, just a reminder, England blew a 13-colony lead in uh, 1776, so that's all that matters. Yeah, but they came back and they won the British invasion. All the British bands beat out all, most of the American bands. So this battle has been going on for centuries. We've only been fighting the British for half as long as the British have been fighting the French, Right. 
We could go to a, I could go into this long history dissertation, but I save those for my brother Tom because I don't want to let Tom know that I how much of this other stuff I know. So anyhow, we're talking about when should the Christmas season start, and let's cut right to the chase. Should it start right after Halloween, which seems to be what's been happening the past few years, or should it start after Thanksgiving? Now, we, in my household, uh, when I when I was growing up, uh, my mom is was a and, and and my dad to an extent were were big fans, you know, of the Christmas season, and I swear that my mom uh, had we had a couple different manger scenes over the years, okay. And uh, some of the older ones were really nice. I mean, they were like really, you know, really big. And the the figures were maybe six to seven inches tall. And, you know, you had the lamb, you had the the cradle, you had the baby Jesus and all that. I swear that my mom could not wait to set up the manger scene, which which she did. So the manger scene is set up at the Bowerly household. Well, a strange magical occurrence would tend to happen in the Bowerly household. And Tom, if you're out there listening, you'll you'll appreciate this. By the time Christmas Eve rolled around, I have to tell you, upon closer inspection of the manger scene, there was a, shall we say, a strange juxtaposition of the sheep and the shepherds, courtesy of my father who had a rather sick sense of humor. Uh, I will not portray it any more vividly than that. You can use your imagination when I tell you that there was a strange repositioning of the sheep and the shepherds in my mother's manger scene by the time Christmas Eve came along, and we will leave it at that. But that tradition has continued amongst other family members in their manger scenes in years that came after, and I'm not mentioning any names on that at all. It's 524 here on WBEN, News Radio 930. I am Dick Bowerly, in for Tom. Uh, we've got another roughly half hour to go, and we'd love to hear from you. How was your Thanksgiving? Do you have leftovers? Are you going to eat your leftovers? Did you shop today? Some people did shop today, as we found out, and are shopping currently. Um, what else? Uh, has your enthusiasm of the Bills diminished given all the injuries and the last couple of weeks? And uh, last but not least, do you have a favorite Christmas song? Or do you have one that you absolutely hate? And finally, when should Christmas start? I really want to know. I'm a traditionalist. To me, it should be after Thanksgiving, period. And let things ramp up like they did when I was uh, a wee lad. Because that was when Christmas was like the most, the most fun. Josh, you must have been preoccupied because you didn't hear my story about the manger scene. And that Tom's told it before. I've heard it. It's a good one. I love it. You're kidding. I, well, he hasn't told the whole thing, but I think he's told about as much as you did. Because I, I recognize the uh, the sheep comment. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you. He's always he's always stealing my thunder. You know that uh, actually. You know now that I think about it, it might have been you when you were in for him one time. I don't know, but I do remember it was one of you. I, I remember the gist of the story. I I would like to think that the initiator of that story on the radio was Tom, because he it, can get it, away. It, it's very on brand for him. Uh, yeah, I, he could get away with that. And I'm merely recounting a story. If you're listening, uh, that Tom told me. No, but seriously, 
we have so much we had so much fun uh you know during the holidays you know when uh, when when my father when my father was around you know at he was crazy. I mean, in a good way. I don't mean crazy like nuts, but I mean, you know, he had a very, shall we say my dad had a very flexible sense of humor, which made the holidays extremely fun. All that being said, we've got a little bit of time left, and uh, I'm having leftovers from dinner for dinner. I'm having leftover pizza, by the way, if you're keeping score. All that being said, uh, we've got a news update coming up with Tom Puckett. He'll tell you some more about uh, Von Miller if you didn't hear the update previously. And then we'll be back to knock this thing right through the roof for the last uh, 20, 25 minutes or so. You did not really think that a musician would pass up the chance to play Black Friday on Black Friday, did you? 803-0930. My name is Dick Bowerly. I'm in for my brother Tom. Let's go to uh, Paul in Niagara Falls. Paul, what's up? Hey, Dick. Happy holidays to you and Mary. Hey, same to you, my friend. I know. I miss our normal forensics on Bill's games during breaks with Joyride. (laughs) Yeah, well, I, I, I miss our dinners at the River Grill, but it's a little too cold right now to go there. Yeah, it's not exactly conducive weather. No, not at all. I'm glad you're doing well, Paul. I am. Uh, You're talking about this potpourri of Christmas stuff. Uh, I started thinking about albums of remakes of tunes, and I'm kind of with you. I like a lot of the originals of uh, holiday songs. There's one. I've always been a fan of Kenny Rankin. Um. I don't know if you know much about Kenny Rankin. I'm sure you do. I know. Well, I know the name, but I, I, I couldn't like place his voice or anything, to be honest. He's got a very soothing, laid-back voice. He's unfortunately passed away, but um, he, uh, really easy to listen to and sort of jazzy, little jazzy. And uh, he put out a really wonderful Christmas album. It's almost just him and guitar background doing uh, all kinds of Christmas classics, mostly ballads, but uh, I, it's just great fireside Christmas listening to me. I'm going to, you know what, I'm sure a lot of that stuff is on YouTube, and I will make a point, because anything that, you know, that you recommend musically, I certainly would take, seri- I will take seriously, and I'm going to definitely check him out on YouTube. I'm glad you're doing well. Hey, you'll appreciate this. I, I did run into Shope during one of the breaks, and I did nominate Dane Jackson for AFC Defensive Player of the Week, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, defensive, defensive bum of the week. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Well, it's been with the, the defensive bum of the last couple of weeks, don't you think? Yeah, I was reading a, a, a write-up by Bob Kaczynski and just saying that the, the bills that we saw in, in September bear no resemblance to the bills we have now with, with all the injuries that have just decimated this team. No, you're, you're right. And I mean, and I have, you know, one of the questions that I, I brought up earlier to people was asking if their expectations have been dampened or, or eliminated or at least tempered. And, you know, I'm in the side of, you know, I see these other, I mean, Kansas City still looks unstoppable. I mean, even though the Vikings hung up 33 on them, I really don't expect good things for the Bills offense against New England's defense next week. Right. 
Right, and and our pass defense has become so porous. Um, it, 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 it's a joke. As long as a quarterback gets a little time in the pocket, we're we're cheese. Yeah, no, that no, that that's for sure, and uh, it's really a shame. But you know, the Bills have been kind of injury free for the past couple of years, so it looks like just the law of averages may have just caught up with them this year. And right, if, it's it, kind of karma. Yeah, yeah, you know, just kind of a karma, and you know, so uh, you know, again. As I wrote in my my famous weekly post on which I know you're an avid reader, you know it's like the Bills have gone from being Super Bowl lock to playoff lock to like well maybe not at all lock you know and right. we're just going to have to wait and see how this plays out. But with all these injuries, man, you know it's it I think it's going to be really really tough. I really do. Yeah, it, it, they may even just back into the playoffs. Um. And it's going to be a it's going to be a struggle. I mean, every game is going to be a struggle for them with the with all the the starters from the beginning of the year that are out. It's uh, it's 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 sad because we had such high hopes and expectations, and I I'm not really giving up on them. But you've tempered your expectations, as have I. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and and it's disappointing. But I I'm not. Mad that it's a failure of the team that much when you're throwing out all these second stringers to try and play against, you know, top receivers in the league. It's no, I no, uh, I I hear you. Well, look at I I hope I get a chance to see you before the, uh, you know, before before the holidays and uh, you know maybe uh, you and I and our our friends maybe we can at least get together someplace and uh, grab a bite and uh, raise a glass. Sounds good to me. Take care, Dick. All right, Paul. Same, same here. All right, good friend Paul and I. Uh, actually, full disclosure, we performed together uh, in Joyride for a long time, and uh, you know we always used to get together uh, during the summer, even when the band uh, was sort of on a permanent hiatus, and we would always try to get together, you know, once every couple of weeks, and you know that's what friends are for. And I'm, you know, again, I'm feel myself fortunate that. That I have a lot of you know fantastic you know friends uh, in the uh, musical industry. Now I have to apologize to a guy who has done a stellar job today, and that would be Josh Josh Schmidt. Josh, you were going to make a comment on the manger story, and uh, we sort of had to go to traffic, so we weren't able to do that. So I would certainly like uh, your take on the manger story. Uh, as presented by either me or Tom, and we don't know who. Oh, no, it's okay. I just, I think it's, we were talking about this a little bit in the break. I think it's important for um, just the lightheartedness of the holidays because they can be a very stressful time, especially if, like, say your family is hosting family Christmas or you have to get somewhere for multiple family Christmases. You have to have someone there to lighten the mood, and that's going to make everybody laugh, even if someone gets mad Right, right away at the joke. Some they're eventually going to laugh. They're going to take the funny side of it. It's going to. That's just kind of the memories that that bring everyone together. It's that's that's the important part of the holiday season is creating funny, stupid memories like that with family members that you're going to remember forever, and also creating you know important ones and and long lasting, meaningful memories as well. So I think. Just as funny as the story is, and as, as as stupid as it is, it's it's hilarious, and it and it also is is nice because it's something that you're gonna remember forever, Tom's gonna remember forever, and you guys are gonna pass it down 
to the rest of the family, and they're going to keep passing it down. It's just it's one of those funny stories of just one of your family members doing something stupid that everyone thought it was funny. I have even a funnier one. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Should I tell it? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's hear it. Uh, just you don't ma- don't make me use the dump button on you. Well, no, it won't. No, I think I can present this in a uh, in a uh, FCC approved fashion, if if you will. So as I told you, uh, my father, you know, he, he really when he when he wanted to be really funny, he was very quick witted, and he had a uh, uh, he had a great sense of humor. So a friend of mine made me a cassette tape or or purchased a cassette tape of shall we say uh, gastric emissions, the, the word that starts with F. All right. So my father thought that was a great idea. So prior to us going to my, uh, my parents' house, when my grandparents were alive, my German grandparents and my aunt and uncle, we would go to my grandparents' house. So my, thought, my father thought it would be a great idea to put this cassette tape in a, a convert it to like a micro cassette where you couldn't see it. So what he would do, <laughs> he hid it some, I don't know, in, in his shirt pocket or something, and he kept like moving about the living room, and he would activate each of these gastric emissions at various intervals just to see what kind of reaction he would get from my grandparents, his parents. And we all knew he was going to do this. And so, like, we're trying to keep a straight face, and my grandparents, I mean, are totally ignoring everything that is coming out. And I want to tell you, you can bet that if someone makes a tape like this, they're not subtle, right? They're, they're definitely not subtle. I would have to say, all things considered, probably the funniest Christmas that we have ever experienced. I mean, I, I, mean, I was in stitches. I, I was in tears. But that was my father. You know, how much kind of like the, you know, kind of like the, the class clown, how much pushing the envelope, how much can I get away with? And everybody kind of blew him off. No pun intended, by the way. I was going to say, he's basically got like a, a, a high-tech whoopee cushion. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. The, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think we tried. Cool. I think we did a whoopee cushion once, too. Oh, really? Oh, we, uh, yeah, we tried. I, I did one of those when I was a kid. That was that was a blast. Yeah, my father, you know, my, my father's doing this like at the age of 60, though. You know, I mean, not exactly not exactly a kid. But, uh, you know, he had a uh, kind of a uh, advanced sense of humor, shall we say. And I think a certain portion of that, you know, has passed down to to Tom and, and probably myself. Because when we do have the family ga- gatherings, uh, Tom and I are typically the instigators of the unfiltered conversations. Now, I have to ask you, with uh, being a German family and all, I'm, I'm a German family as well, and it's one of the, it's a funny thing, but it's not like really like hot, like, oh my God, that's hilarious. But do you guys have the pickle ornament, and do you hide the pickle in the tree? No, we, that really? is, no, that, honestly, God, that is a new one on me. Now, keep in mind, my, my, my grandfather... Uh, was second generation. Okay. He was born here, I believe, in 1903, somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. Now, my grandmother was the one who was right off the boat. She was the one who came over in 1923 at the height of the German inflation. And uh, she was one of the, you know, back then with Im- when people used to follow immigration, <clears throat> cough, 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 uh, she came in through Ellis Island. And at that time, only one only one person could leave a family to uh, to emigrate to the U.S., okay, or to immigrate to the U.S., 
And because she was the oldest, they allowed her to go because she was the one who had a sponsor here. So so that was one tradition, this pickle thing. That was one tradition that uh, she never really never really brought up. I've only recently even heard of it, and I have no idea what it even is. I, I don't really know where it started or how it started or how it even got into my family. I just know it. I've, I've heard it's a German thing, apparently. I don't, I don't really know. But essentially what you do is you take an ornament that is in the shape of a pickle and whoever – so you hide it in the tree. And whoever found it the year before hides it the next year. So like last year, my mom found it. So this year she's going to hide it and – Either me or my dad, whoever finds it, gets to open the first gift on Christmas morning. That's well, that, that's that, how it works. That's pretty cool. But I I, I will say this: um, that any any ornament in the shape of a pickle would probably not be the wisest thing for anybody in the Bowerly family to have in their I was, possession. I'm, I'm, that's why I'm asking you this and not your brother, because I feel like he'd spin it off into a whole other thing. Well, I am spinning <laughs> off, I am spinning oh, I know, off into I know, the other thing. But he would have he gone right for that. <laughs> well, he, well he, he probably would have. Actually, we had a request. Um, interesting, though. Here we are in a talk show, but we had a music request from one of our callers, and uh, Josh wanted to remind me. So we're going to just play a little bit uh, of that as we head down the, uh, the home stretch here. That, of course, is uh, Whitney Houston. So uh, a lot of versions uh, of that song. We didn't get to the Carrie Underwood one, but you can uh, uh, you can check that out uh, sometime on your own, if you will. So what did we learn today with Dick Bowerly sitting in for Brother Tom? Well, we learned a lot. We learned, A, that uh, many people have uh, tempered their enthusiasm on the Buffalo Bills. We learned, B, that Black Friday may not be have quite the, uh, shall we say, the cult status that it once had uh, years ago. Uh, we also learned that I'm an old crotchety man who believes in the Christmas the way it was when I was a kid. We've learned that, right? We've learned that I think Christmas should start after Thanksgiving, that the family should sing over the river and through the woods, and then Christmas starts after you sing that song. Uh, we also learned that uh, that, that Dick did not go and buy a new car for his wife and put a bow on it. And if I did, it certainly wouldn't have been an electric car. So there's my other little subtle political statement. Um, we also learned that this should be a season of love and healing, and I mean that from the heart. And uh, hell be damned to those people that uh, insist on dividing us with their warped ideals because this is not – the time for that, and you should not vote for these people. I am sorry. I can say that with two minutes left in the show because I don't really care what anybody thinks. And by the way, somebody texted and was referring to a conversation that uh, Joe Beam, Joe Beamer had with Carol Calabrese, uh, but that was like he texted in 10 minutes ago, and Joe and Carl were talking at like quarter to two. So I can't comment on that because I was busy prepping for for this show 
But uh, I'm sure Joe would be very interested uh, in real time when he is uh, broaching some of these topics. Uh, He would love to hear from you. I would like to bid special or give, I should say, special thanks to my partner in crime today, Josh Schmidt, who has done, as always, a great job. We've worked together a, a couple of times now, and it's always he always makes me he always makes me good, and I reward him by hitting all the breaks on time. It's a team effort, dude. You know. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe are we going to hit this one on time? <laughs> well, let's see. We've got we've got ten seconds. We could do the New Year's Eve uh, countdown if you if you want. Uh, I am Dick Bowerly. It has been a blast. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for news, and I'll catch you next time.